Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Pinato. Turn your Bibles to Haggai, Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1, one of the minor prophets. Haggai chapter 1. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us as we hear a word from Scripture. I just pray that you may speak to us. Speak to us in power, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 1. In the second year of King Darius. Have you guys seen King Darius before? King Darius, yes. Where have you seen him before? Daniel. Daniel, that's right. Okay, so... Haggai is a contemporary of the prophet Daniel. Now, Daniel was in Babylon. Haggai was a prophet to those who were returning to Israel, were returning from their exile to uh, to Israel. Haggai. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Have you seen those names before? Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest. Have you seen those names before? Mm, where are they found? Anybody? Where the, where there's a vision about Joshua, the high priest. Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter 3. So Zechariah and Haggai, just for placement purposes, are prophets living during the same time of Daniel, but focus on the people returning from exile from Babylon, returning back to Israel. Verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, what do they say? The time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Now, what was one of the reasons why they were released from Babylon to go back to Jerusalem? What was one of the main reasons to do that? To rebuild the temple. Right? In fact, the temple is, is key in the book of Daniel. I mean, we read about it in Daniel chapter 1, the, the visions of Daniel 7 and Daniel 8 and Daniel 9 have to do with the temple um, being desolated and then the, the restoration of the temple, even pointing forward in the future to the heavenly temple. And so these people, the exiles, are returning back to Israel. And God is saying that these people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. What do you think about that? Was it not the right time? Was it not the right time? Or was it the right time? Was it? Uh, Jason, he says it's the right time. But why were the people saying it's not the right time? Lazy? Mm. Verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is. Oh, oh, is it? A time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, I I love how the prophet Haggai is using this term of time. You know, people are saying, well, it's not time yet to rebuild the Lord's house. And then so God turns the question on them and says, well, okay, well, if it's not the time to rebuild my house and my temple, well, is it time for you to build your own houses, your paneled houses? Now, some translations say your luxurious houses. Now, back in those days, houses were made of largely of, of mud. And so this idea to have a paneling, 
um, the idea is paneling up you know, in the ceiling, is a sign of, of luxury. I mean, isn't it even today uh, when you, you know, we have, the, we have popcorn ceilings? Are popcorn ceilings that luxurious? No, right? That's just kind of, I don't know, it was a style back in the day. And I don't know who came up with that crazy style, but it was a style back in the days. And uh, now we do, what is the style that they do now? They do like this little, what was that? Knockdown, okay, where it's kind of it's like just little, right, little bumps on the wall or something like that, right? But when you get into a luxurious house and you look up to the ceiling, what, what do they do in luxury homes? You know, they have, they have vaulted ceilings, right, trim. They, they sometimes have, oh, yeah, the trim, right, the, uh, what, do they, what do they call that, the uh, crown molding? That's right, they do crown molding, and then they have, they have beams also sometimes, you know. And, and, you, and you look up, I mean, even this church, I mean, that's kind of nice, you know, it, it, instead of having popcorn up there, we have these, these wood beams, you know, and that's, that's fairly nice, that's very nice. So that's the idea, so God is saying, okay, you're saying it's not time to build my house, is it time for you then to live in your luxurious houses while my house remains in ruin? You know, I try not to be sarcastic, but it seems like God has a little bit of sarcasm in it, right? A little bit, little bit of passive aggressiveness here, maybe even, you know? Um, so, you know, we'll take it, you know, we'll take it. And, you know, we, we have to place ourselves, um, in, in their, in their midst, um, moving from one place to another. How many of you have moved and totally relocated from one place to another, um, in the sense of having to start all over, right? Have, have any of you just been adventurous and just packed up your belongings and, and I'm, I'm just going to pack all my belongings to my van and I'm going to move out to Jacksonville, not knowing whether you're going to have a job or find a job, right? Some of you have raised your hands. And how was that experience like? Was it easy? No, it's hard, right? And, and, and when you get there, one of the things that you try to do is, is, is first get your footing, right? What's one of the first things you try to do is find a job, right? Or find a place to stay at, at least, you know? And, um, you know, my family had this experience where we, uh, back in 1999, my, my parents, uh, they sold their business in Houston and they moved to Honduras, um, out to the country because uh, it was 1999. Can you guess why? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, my parents are kind of crazy. Don't tell them I said that. But yeah, um, you know, Y2K, right? The end of the world. And, and as Seventh-day Adventists, we believe in country living and, and moving out, flee the cities and go into the mountains. And so my mom's from Honduras. And so we sold our business and we sold our house and we moved to Honduras. And, and uh, guess what happened there? Well, my parents lost all their, all their money. And uh, anyways, and so my parents lost all their money. And, and, and then I was with them, and I was a teenager with them. And, and I didn't know. I just, you know, teenagers, I just followed my parents, right? You know, just whatever my parents do, that's kind of, I mean, they're the ones providing a home, right, for me. So I'm not going to be like, okay, see you guys later. But um, so I moved down with them. My parents lost everything. And then when they were realizing that they were losing all their money, um, and, soon, and soon they were going to run out of money, um, it's kind of hard to live without money. And when they were realizing that they were going to leave, you know, run out of money, they said, well, Jonathan, um, here, take these $500, and, and we're going to buy you a ticket to come back to the United States, and uh, take that $500 and enroll yourself in college. Um, because if we wait any longer, we may not even <laughs> be able to buy you a plane ticket or give you $500. Now, is $500 a lot of money? It's not, yeah, it's not a lot of money. And so, never been away from home. I think I was 17 at the time, 18 at the time. And I, I come back to Virginia, and that's where my aunt lives. And there, I have $500 in my bank account, and I have to enroll in, in college. Um, will $500 get you enrolled in college? <laughs> no, it won't. 
And so I had to find a job. And I had never had, well, other than helping my dad in his business, I never really had, you know, had to fend for myself, you know. And I remember I was whining and complaining, and maybe I've shared this story with you, but I tend to whine and complain and mope about things. And my sister was with me, and she just had to, you know, she just had to knock some sense into me. You know, sometimes I just need a good kick, you know, good kick, right, in the, you know, in, you know, you know where. You know, my sister is always available to do that for me. And, and so she snapped me out of it. She's like, Jonathan, stop it. Get a hold of yourself, you know? Go out and find a job and, and, and get with it. And I was like, oh, that's right. Okay, let's, let's do that, you know? And, uh, but it was hard, you know? It was hard, but thankfully, Lord provided. I, I co-ported that summer. I sold Christian books. And by the end of the summer, you know, I'm a terrible salesman. You know, God provided just enough for me to enroll um, in college to continue, to continue my studies. Um, but then my parents, eventually, they decided to, to move back. And from having their own business, from, you know, having their home, they have to now have, start from scratch. And they were in their 50s already. Starting, has anybody started from scratch in their 50s? You know, I, I guess the earlier you start from scratch, the easier it is, maybe. The later you start from scratch, maybe the harder it is, you know. And so my parents were already in their 50s at that time. And, you know, the truth is that was 2001, 2002. And the truth is they probably haven't, <laughs> they probably haven't recovered yet, uh, honestly you know, financially, but it's hard. It's hard moving from one place to another. And so here you move from one place to another. And the first thing that the Lord is telling you to do is build my house. Wait, wait, wait. what about my house? What about my stuff? How can I build your house if I don't have a house? This is what the Lord Almighty says to these people who say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Well, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while my house remains a ruin? Now let's keep reading in verse 7. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Verse 9, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. Uh, What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord, why? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and on the mountains, on the grain and on the new wine and on the olive oil and everything else that ground produces, on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. I'm starting to think here, there's this, um, there's a saying where Jesus said, seek what? First. What? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things, you know, will, 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 um, will be given unto you. And as I'm reading this, I mean, this is exactly what God is saying. Build my house first. Then, you know, then you can build your own houses. Now, there's another, uh, there's another uh, passage that I want us to turn to in Malachi. Malachi chapter 1, just a few books away. Malachi chapter 1, and I took this kind of hard myself. Malachi chapter 1. And the question that I start thinking is, God, what, what are you calling us to build? What are you calling us to build? How can this passage apply to me? God, are you calling me to build something? 
We already have a, a very nice church. You know, maybe, you know, we do need to do some renovating in the pews, and maybe you need to change the carpet. Maybe we need to paint the hallways. Um, uh, maybe we need to, uh, I don't know, do things here. We have a church plant that we need to pay off, or a church plant property that we need to pay off. But, God, what is it that you're calling us to build? Malachi chapter 1. Let's read this one here. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. Do you have it there? A son honors his father, and a servant honors his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? Verse 7, by offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask. How have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. Verse 8. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Now, now stop there, now stop there. Now, and I was, I, was, I was reading this and I said, oh, this is hard. Because who is he talking to here? Who is, who is he addressing? The priest. The priest, it says. To you priest, you know. And I was like, Lord have mercy. Well, I'm not a priest, you know, because I'm not Catholic. I really am. I'm not Catholic. I really am. Uh, I, I'm not a priest. I am a pastor, though. And, and I kind of share in that spiritual, that, that spiritual uh, responsibility and ministry Maybe similarly to what priests um, priest function as, as, as ministering in the spiritual things. But then I thought about this other passage in, in 1 Peter. Uh, I think it's chapter 2. Where Peter, speaking to the believer, says, For you are a holy priesthood in, 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 a, in, a, in a kingdom or a nation of, of priests and a holy people. And I said, so not only maybe is God speaking to me here, but maybe he's speaking to all of us. And, and he's speaking to our obliviousness. That he's looking for honor, and are we honoring him? He, he's looking for respect, and are we respecting him? Uh, he's looking for us to give him the very best, but then what are we giving him? That which is lame, and that which is blind, and, and, and that which is, is crippled as, as an offering. Let's keep reading here in verse 13. Oh, no, verse 10. Oh, verse 10, verse 10, verse 10 here. Do you see that? Verse 10. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. For I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept offerings from your hands. That's harsh. You know? Should we lock the doors to our church? Shut them up? I I remember there was a... We had communion a few weeks ago, and and Paul was writing to the Corinthians. Um, And you remember what Paul... Paul said about the Corinthians and about their religious gatherings. Do you remember what he said? Does anybody remember what he said about their gatherings? Every time the Corinthian church gathered, what was the result of their gatherings? Oh, someone was listening. What was it? Yeah, in the Corinthian church, the people left after they gathered. They were worse off gathering than when they first got there. Isn't that something? 
You know, and, and, and as I read these words where the Lord is saying, oh, that you would just shut the, t- the, the doors to my temple, just shut them and close them and don't light useless fires on my altar. And I was like, Lord, what, what are you saying here? What are you saying here to me? Verse 13, let's keep reading here. Um, verse 13, and you say, oh, and you say, oh, what a burden, what a burden. Do you guys ever thought church is a burden? Oh, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured and lame or diseased animal and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Verse 14, cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty. And my name is to be feared among the nations. Hmm. You know, it's God who, who, who we come to worship here. Um, it's God who we come before every Sabbath. It's not me. It's not the praise team. It's not even one another. We don't even gather to, to, to see one another. We gather here every Sabbath because of God. Can you see him here today? Can you see him? Do you feel his presence here in our midst today? With your eyes, mind, can you, with your mind's eye, can you see him? Is he here? Or is he not here? What we do here every week is about God. It's about the reality of God in our midst, about the reality of God in our lives. I remember the first angel that we have up there uh, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory and worship him. The idea is living with the awareness of his presence in our lives. And so as I'm reading these two passages in Malachi and in Haggai, what these two passages speak to me and have in common is that God comes last in the, people, in the lives of the people here. Uh, they come back from exile and is God's house first or is their house first? Now, their own house. Their own lives, their own work, their own jobs, whatever it is, uh, God comes at least second. Uh, In Malachi, we see the same thing. Um, What comes first? Well, I'm not going to give God the best because, you know, just I'll give him this lame one, this lame little lamb, um, because it's going to die anyways, and it's not going to cost me anything, so I'll just give it to him instead. God comes last in these two passages, and these prophets are calling calling God's people, the priests, us, to make God first in our lives. Um, I said it already, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. And so I want to challenge you this morning. How can you make God first in your life? What does seeking God first for you look like? What is that one thing on your heart that God has been convicting you of? Now, I'm not the Holy Spirit, and so I don't know, but I do know that God is real, and I trust that that God is real. And I trust that he's been working in your lives during the week and that he's been convicting you on things. What is that one thing that God has been convicting you of during this week? How about saying yes to Jesus on that issue right now? This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
connect with us on www.jaxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.